Hello and welcome back to our journey, Sister Speak. I am Diane. And I am Michelle. And today we're going to talk about a season of change. So my daughter asked me, she believes in seasons in your life. And she asked me, so mom, what season do you think this is for you right now? And I'm like, season? I don't know. And then she started running down the different things that had been occurring in my life. And I'm like, oh. And she's so wise. The first thing she said was, mom, you know, when God is about to elevate you, it gets uncomfortable. And that's true. And I can say that is absolutely true. I think he put he allows us to go through certain things in our lives to prepare us for that next step. So, I mean. But why does it get uncomfortable? And, <laughs> and I thought about that. You know, we do get comfortable in the things that we are doing. Mm-hmm. And we kind of forget about what's the ultimate goal. What's the purpose? Where, like, even if it was a job, mm-hmm. when I first started this job, did I start it because there was a career path I was following? Or did I start it to just stay in that, uh, what is it, entry-level position? And I want to say, <laughs> so... Even though I'm retired from teaching, back to being a teacher. When I started teaching, I was gung-ho about Mm -hmm. teaching. And that's all I wanted to do, teach. Like some people have a a career career path. I'm a teach, then I'm going to be a principal, then I'm going to be a superintendent. I never wanted any of those things. I just wanted to be a teacher because I enjoyed teaching. But then... Being a teacher got uncomfortable because I don't think I was meant to just stay a teacher, you know? And I think we get into those uncomfortable spots to force us, honestly, and I'm turning it back to God, to reach out to God and remember who's in charge. Because I know for me, like you said, in regards to my career, I had been in my current um, location district for nine years And I knew last year it was um, more mentally draining for me. And especially with everything with the pandemic, people were leaving the profession, so on and so forth. But I was not in a good space. And thankfully, this opportunity arised. But as soon as I got into this seat to transfer schools, the principal retired. (laughs) I mean, he resigned because he got a better position So I'm sitting there and I'm fearful and talking about being uncomfortable. And then it was presented to me, well, maybe I can just be the interim principal for the time being, which meant opening up the school year, which I've never done. (laughs) I've never done. But for whatever reason, I felt a little at ease. And, like, I would talk to God, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know. But you're moving to another level but I'm that moving. you hadn't even intended on Hell, moving to. not at but all. it got uncomfortable. It got very <laughs> uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I have to say I have a great team. We did hire a principal, but he officially doesn't start until the end of September. But he's been making his presence known, like, okay. once a week. But, like, something as recently as yesterday... I've made movements like within the building and was 
calling, you know, I had to call one of my staff members to let them know I was moving her office. And it just made sense to, to make the move. She was very appreciative that I gave her the heads up. But I was nervous because I, I'm like, I'm in a new building. I don't want to tick anybody off. But it just made sense to make these moves, you and know. It was something a principal would have had to do. Exactly. <laughs> now, had I thought about becoming a principal, I did many, many, many years ago. But like you, when I got into teaching, it was a second career for me. So I just thought I was just going to be a teacher. And the easiest way for me to have gone the path of teaching was to get into special ed because I did my undergraduate was in a totally different field. So I never thought about the administration part. But I became uncomfortable because I got divorced and I knew I was going to be a single mom of three. So my mind, honestly, the only reason why I got into administration initially was for the financial reasons, because I knew that I needed to provide for my kids. Now, don't get me wrong, their dad is involved, but I knew as the primary custodial parent, I needed to be able to financially um, make a move for my kids to, to provide for them. So I totally get the whole thing. So I wonder, as you're talking about the season of change, is this my season of change yeah. to see what it feels like to be a principal? And I don't know. And I've been asking myself this question. Am I um, calm? Because usually I'm not. I get stressed <laughs> out or whatever because I know this man is taking over yeah, on the 26th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know it's not really all on me, though, in this moment it is. But it just has me thinking like, well, maybe I did have the ability to get out of my comfort zone of teaching because I knew what I needed to do within the classroom. Even as a first level administrator, I understand my role. But now going into this pseudo position for, what, a month and a half or so, I see things differently through that things that, let's say, others may not yeah. recognize. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, when it gets uncomfortable, we're like, oh, my God, like, wait a minute. Like, I, I don't want to move because I know what I'm doing in this spot. I don't know what's going to come if I move. But do we stay because it's comfortable but see, that goes into, and I know I keep leading this back to God, and this is a conversation you Even and I have had. Even though we just said it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. But I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> but then it goes into having that faith and trust in him. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds yeah. for us. So I think a lot of the feeling uncomfortable, at least for me, I like to plan ahead. I like to know what I'm in store for. And when I don't know that takes me to that uncomfortable state. And I think a lot of it has to do with our trust and belief and faith in God, which you and I have had multiple conversations on. I know I'm not at the level that I know I need to be, but I recognize that because I feel that if I had all of that in place, I wouldn't, I don't know if I can say I wouldn't feel uncomfortable, but I don't know if I would deal with the, feel the anxiety and stuff, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and it's so many different things that happens in a season of change. Like, you really don't even know things are changing until they're changing. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm going to bring my 
parenting into this. <laughs> um, you know, we were having some issues and I were, this was the first time I could remember saying I miss my mom. Now my mm-hmm. mom, she's been gone seven years or so. But it was just being able to call someone with godly wisdom mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is what happened is happening and to get some what should I do? So I kind of felt like, oh my God, I'm a single woman. I don't have any companionship, don't have a mother to really reach out to. You talk to your friends, but it's not the same as somebody who's seasoned and who's older, lived it. who's lived it. And God spoke to me, and he had spoke to me the same way when I was going through my second divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would be driving those long roads to work. And even if a situation is bad, if you change it, you know, it's still... Familiar. That was your familiar surrounding. Right. So it was very hard for me, you know, and I'm just driving and crying. And the Lord said to me, focus on helping others. Don't worry about your situation. I got you. And that's how he said it. In a language I could understand. (laughs) And so this time when I'm like, oh, God, if I had somebody to share the load, God brought that to me again. And he's like, I'm the best husband, the best companion you can ever have. I was like, okay, Jesus. Then he brought back to me the book of Ruth. Mm -hmm. What was Ruth doing when Boaz saw her? She was working in the field. And she wasn't working for herself. Mind you, Naomi was her mother-in-law. Her husband was dead. But she said, where you go, I'm going. Mm -hmm. She had found some comfort in this woman. And this was her, you know, wisdom. This woman had lived a life that she wanted to be a part of. She was like, wherever you go, I'm going. Your people will be my people. And she worked in the field to get enough food for her and Naomi and Boaz saw her. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this woman in my field? You know? And as you read it, Boaz was kin to Naomi's dead husband. Mm -hmm. And I guess as custom went, when your husband dies, the next in line, like, takes care of you. Mm-hmm. So, Naomi's son had died. Ruth's husband had died. So, whoever was next in kinsmanship was to take care of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Boaz wasn't even next in line. <laughs> he offered to the person next in line, look, here is... I, I'm not sure of Naomi's husband's name. It began with an E, but I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. But here's his land. Do you want to purchase it? Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you gotta take Ruth as your wife. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I want part of that blessing, but I don't want the rest of it. Right. But Boaz knew, hey, this is a working woman. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't wanna, I see a good thing, I'm gonna take care of her. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it was uncomfortable. Life had changed for them. But they were working in the field doing what God told them to do. And I feel like if you're dedicating your life to God mm -hmm. and you're trying to live a holy life, when change comes, it's uncomfortable. It hurts things and people that you have, uh, I don't want to say fellowshiped with, but who have been a been part your of your community. Right. When they start falling off, you're like, oh, Jesus. But then you have to think, well, maybe they wasn't supposed to go with me to the next level. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Like, But when you're in the midst of the storm, you, you don't, don't see, see it. it. Because thinking back, as I've gone through different phases of my life, there are people who are no longer on that journey with me. Now, we don't have ill feelings towards each other or whatever, but life just happens. Yeah. And they just were not meant to be in this stage in my life. Yeah. But like like we said, but when you why do you think that is? Like this person I might have been so close with yep. ten years ago. But now we're on a different level. We take different paths. And that's a question I don't know if anyone would ever have will ever have the answer to. I don't know. I think back to some of my closest friends when I was in high school. You know, it's like we text each other happy birthday, Merry Christmas, Happy Mother's Day or whatever. But you're talking about people who we were on the phone like every day yeah, or whatever. But life is is. It's just one of those things that no one has the answer. You're just trying to figure out how to maneuver your way through and survive it. Yeah. And along that journey, change happens and we get uncomfortable. And sometimes we may be resistant in that moment. But when you look back and it's like, now I understand. Yeah. We're never going to understand when we're in the midst of it. But it's after you've gotten through whatever it is that you've worked your way through. And it's like, I get it now. And why is it? Well, I know why it is. but <laughs> <laughs> Some of the people who are closest to us, they like seeing you down. When, you start, when you start outgrowing them, mm -hmm. they don't like that. Because they don't want, they, they don't want you to be elevated. They don't want to see the change. That's sad. If if I am your true supporter, right. I should be like, you go girl. I right. didn't get a husband, but you got one. You know, why would I be like, oh. Right. And then that's when jealousy and envious and all of that comes into play. Yeah. And I don't know. And then this is something that I've, I still to this day have to repeat myself. The way I treat my friends, I expect them to do the same for me. Even with family, the way I, I, I handle you or 
I am there for you or whatever, I would expect the same in return. And I find that my feelings get hurt when I do that. Yeah. But then when I remind myself that I cannot expect the next person to treat me the way I treat them, then and I don't know if that's good either, because it's almost like I'm putting up a wall so that my feelings don't get hurt. And that's personally, relational, relationship, yeah. at the job, so on and so forth, you know? So I don't know. And I don't know if anyone has the answers, you know? And I, I'm thinking, were those people really your friends? I think at one point they were. I think in that stage... In your life, they were there for the reason, whatever reason that is, and they served their purpose. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that they may not have even been your friend. Let's say hypothetically they were acting like their friend and they had animosity and resentment towards you. But I would hope that out of that relationship, we would have learned something. Yeah. If not about them, but at least about ourselves and how to recognize. takes us back to our episode on relationships. <laughs> What is your part in that relationship? Right. right. And I think we ought to know what's our place and what can, if I'm a true friend, what can I say? What can I say? What I should be, if you're my true friend, you should be able to tell me when I'm wrong. I agree. And I don't cut you off. Right. And say, no, I ain't talking to her no more. Right. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say it, we well, I'ma keep some to some things to myself just in case, you know, we all listening that whatever. But my thing is, let's know our place and what part we played in whether this friendship worked out or not. Right, right. Don't don't <laughs> don't have your mess wrap a big bow on it and, and say uh, that's because I am what I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody right. can change. Right. <laughs> and if you need to change, change. <laughs> this is the season of change. <laughs> this is definitely, I think it's the season of change. And even dealing with change and looking at the state of the world and the government. Oh, like, yeah. I went back to trying not to watch the news because I was getting too wrapped up and... Well, I don't understand why. What's the big deal about this affidavit? The point of the matter is that he was caught with whatever he was caught with, blah, blah, blah. Then I had to take a step back and I'm like, I got to trust in God that everything will work itself out. And so many things has changed in our, in our, our life, this earth. I mean, we got, we going from one pandemic to another disease now to monkeypox and plagues and yeah. peasants and but that was in the bible girl everything that was in the bible it should make us want to say wait a minute something is happening but see with that because this is something another conversation i have to have with myself that i may not understand why people do what they do but i should focus on how i can prepare myself for when that day comes that Jesus returns. Because something is happening. Something is whether absolutely we wanna, Whether happening. we want to believe it or not. Right. And I know for thousands of years since the Bible days, they've been talking about the coming of Christ. But things are happening that has never happened no. in my lifetime. And even look at the climate. Like, the, the way the climate is shifting, I mean, you have, like, they're talking about, what is it, the Southwest 
is going to really feel the the um, drought because I can't think of, oh gosh, the water source. But now they're finding bodies oh because God. it has um, rescinded so much. So it's like, what is happening? Like, I, I, I don't know. We're in a very scary state all around, personally, worldly. Like, it, it's, it's just a very scary and state. And I really think we have to be willing to change. Like but some if, people may not. If you're not willing to change... Then in that at that point, then I would say you need to focus on you. No, I'm talking oh. about like, like if things around me are changing... Right. We have to be able to evolve. I see what you're it's saying. It's just right. like, what's that with the animals that we always used to learn in science about the... Um, those who survival of the fittest oh okay okay like they adapted to right. what was if you can't like they say the the giraffes next is so long because you know mm. maybe they, now there was no food down here so they had to stretch I up i didn't for like it. science and stuff so, so. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is just like the teacher who's you used to have a 50 year old teacher now you may have a teacher who 19 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. not that young, but straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight out college. of college. Because the older people cannot adapt. Right. They're like, they're resistant to change. If you are resistant to change, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind. And that's why I was saying, we can't control those around us. We can only control ourselves. And change doesn't mean I have to conform. Right. I just have to be able to adapt in such a way that I'm going to keep my integrity, but I'm going to learn how to, uh, what's the word, maneuver in the society that I live in now. Right. Just like. You know, the big thing is the, I don't know the uh, <laughs> acronyms, LGBTQIA+. And even if I am not pro-LGBTQ uh, or whatever, mm-hmm. or even if I'm not pro-life, uh, does not mean I have to be totally shut off from those who are well that's why it that's why i always say the state that we're in is so sad because there was a time where we may not always agree with each other but we respected each other's point of view and we've lost that yeah now it's things resorting to violence or you know and it's like you're acting like a spoiled child yeah and that's what everything and it's like, I don't understand the mentality or how people function like that. Yeah. It's like, and that's the piece that's so scary. So, you know, when it comes to the season of change, we're changing personally within our inner lives, but the world around us is changing yeah. rapidly. Rapidly, even more rapidly than our life is changing. Right, <laughs> right. And I think something you said just just triggered about all the shootings and killings that's going on with the gun violence. I really feel like 
change is happening in those people's lives that they don't know how to deal with. Right. And this is their only way of expressing whatever's going on because they don't know how to deal with it. So let right. me kill somebody at a wedding. Right. Let me kill yeah. somebody at a Christmas church. A birthday party. Like it's sad. It's really sad. It's really it's really, really sad. So do we have the answers? No. You know, I want us to change. We should be changing. But I would hope that we would change for the betterment. Yeah. Instead of I feel like in a lot of ways we we are regressing as a society. We are. we are. We are definitely regressing. But then that's why I feel like the focus should be on ourselves. Because if we are focused on ourselves and continue to do what we feel is right, I mean, we can't control those around us. Yeah, you have to fix yourself first. Yeah. Fix me, Jesus. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it's a song um, by John P. Key, Standing in the Need of Prayer. Okay. And he says, it's not my mother. It's not my Aunt Bessie. It's me. Right. I need help. You know, let me fix me. Let me stop praying. Oh, change, change them. Fix mm -hmm. them. No, it's me. And when your heart is not right, it shows. Mm hmm just like when I was married and I was getting a divorce, I knew it was time to change mm -hmm. because of the way I felt in my heart. It was not a love or compassion. I had became resentful mm -hmm. and was acting out on that person mm -hmm. when it wasn't their fault. They didn't, they couldn't be with you at that time, mentally needed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But instead of having grace on them, I was in my own way and I treated them like whatever. And it was not right. So when you know that you got some issues, fix your issues. And that's it. <laughs> Even when, when it came to my job, you know... I knew when I was re reacting quickly, overreacting to something or something just aggravated me that normally wouldn't. And I, I just knew I was no good. I couldn't give all of myself in that position. I knew it was time for a change. Time for a change. I knew it. Just like you said, when it came to me being married, I was unhappy and, you know, just as he was, but we needed to make a change. And change is always going to be uncomfortable because you don't know what what lies ahead and it's scary and, and all the other stuff. But you have to take care of you. And I feel like in these situations, we had to look at look at what was in our best interest. Yeah. And, you know, it is a scary time. And you have to change in order to grow. And Had you it. not changed that situation, do you feel like you have grown? would have grown to where you are now? Absolutely not. Because I would have been stuck. I would have been stagnant, you know. And angry. And, and angry and resentful bitter. and miserable <laughs> and everything else. And that's even with my job. Yeah. 
I feel like the change, there's a renewness with me now. Like I saw colleagues the other day and they're like, you look different. I said, because I look <laughs> happy, you know, and you can feel or you can see, like I feel refreshed. Yes, I'm nervous about the next few weeks and school opening and this being on, on me and so on and so forth, but I feel rejuvenated. I feel refreshed. I feel excited. Because I want to see, I'm excited to see what lies ahead. Yeah. So, yes, in the midst of the storm and everything, it was uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable because I don't know what's next. But there's a difference. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. You know? You're not uncomfortable. Like, I hate this job. Right. Like, and when you start hating what you're doing. It's time to leave. It's, it's time for a change. It really is. Because I was there. I told you that. It took every bit of, you know, my closest confidants to talk me out of. Because I was leaving the profession after 20 plus years. I didn't care about my pension. I didn't care about finance. I just knew I needed out. And with this change, I mean, I only have, thank you, Jesus, less than four years. Praise the Lord. Praise God before my retirement. And I'm looking forward to it. But I feel that it's manageable and it's doable yeah. and I'll be able to see this through. At least right now. At least <laughs> you know? right now. At least, at least right, right now. So change is good. I think change is good. And like you said, it, and this is something at work, because we do have like a, a where we collaborate as um, administrators or whatever, and we are talking about growth. You need change in order to grow. We gotta grow. We all have to grow at some point in our lives. That's what life is about. You're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. You're constantly changing. And along that ro route, there are people that will not be beside you. And yes, it's sad, but if it's something that is to help you grow, it's something that you just have to go through. Yeah, and, and we hope that everybody grows, but in growing, you're going to grow apart. And some people may never grow. They right. may still be at that level. And you can't control that. So if they're resentful, if they're whatever towards you because you are going on a different journey than them, then that's on them. Yeah. You know, and that's why I always say, can I lie my head as, um, on my pillow at night and sleep at peacefully? Yeah. I can. Knowing that you have done what you can do to not have discord with people. Exactly. Or, you know, no malice in your heart. Correct. But you've treated people like you wanted to be treated. Exactly. So. So that's our season of change. Praise God for change. Um, can you? No, you want to lead us out in prayer, Michelle? I, I, no, I think I, I prefer for you. All right, well, let's do our <laughs> prayer. Lord, we thank you for this podcast, Jesus. We thank you for this topic, season of change, Lord. We don't know where our future will take us, Lord, but we ask you those that are listening to this podcast, Lord, let them not be afraid of change. But when the change comes, Lord, help them to embrace it, knowing that all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bye. Until next time.